Welcome to the Gaining Control Podcast. At the young age of five, I found myself in the front row of an old country church watching the funeral service of my grandfather. All I could remember from that day was my mother's loud cry, my grandfather's still body in the casket, and the groundkeepers lowering my grandfather's body one crank after another. I was left in total confusion as to why this day has become the event I remember the most of my grandfather. As years passed, I finally understood that my grandfather's death inspired me to encourage others. I started to see death in a whole new way. I began to see the people right in front of me that was living but actually dying. I saw people dying to their decisions, problems, pain, poor habits, and much more. I asked myself, how can I help? What do others need? What's the best way to connect with others and learn their story? And how can I share impactful tips and information to transform other lives? The Gaining Control Podcast was created because I truly believe that you can gain control of your life and live your best life. I'm looking forward to the journey we're about to embark on. I believe this is the time for you to start gaining control. Today's episode is about changing your perspective on black America. I come to you today a bit angry, a bit frustrated, a bit pissed off. Because yet again, we have seen police brutality take the life of another African-American person in this country. And it has been very daunting. It has been very hard for me and for other people to stomach what has happened over so many years in this country. And we're tired and we want change and we want change now. We're not taking any more. I come to you today to share with you not only what has happened now, but what has been taking place for so many years. But I also come to talk to you about the excuses that so many people in this country has made for why things are what it is for African-Americans. And it's time for America to live up to its truth. It's time for America to, to admit that it has vandalize what it means to be an African-American in this country. As Tamika Mallory has stated in her speech in Minneapolis, Minnesota, that the looting that so many Americans are so mad about that's happening right now, the rioting, it started with the oppressors in America. And we only repeated what we saw And I'm not here to tell you that that is right. I actually disagree with looting and rioting. But I will tell you that you cannot tell those that were oppressed on how they should solve oppression. You cannot tell us how to express our pain when you caused our pain. It's like slapping me in my face. And then you're going to tell me how I should slap you back. If you've ever been in a fight, and the person that you're fighting slapped you, I can tell you that you didn't return with a slap that was a lot favorable for them. You turned, you returned with a lot more force and power and whatever your next maneuver was because you wanted them to feel a bit more pain than what you felt when they slapped you. 
And so I come to tell America, don't tell us how we should express ourselves when you're the originators for why we have the pain that we have. The death of George Floyd really hit home because it was a nine minute video that was captured by a young lady on her cell phone. And in this nine minute clip, eight minutes and about 23 seconds, if I'm not exact, I'm close probably, was an officer that had his knee in a man's neck as this guy was already handcuffed and on his stomach. To make matters worse, you can look at the facial expression of this officer as he had no type of remorse for what it was that he was doing. And to see other officers continue to keep him down and don't listen to the outcry of him saying, I cannot breathe. Please, I cannot breathe. As if it was a joke. And for the one officer that was standing up and he said on the video, he can talk. That means he can breathe. And I want to say to so many people that just because he said what he said doesn't give you the right to determine if he can breathe or not. Because you're not in his body. And it lets me know that in our country, they will want to come up with excuse than to face the truth. And that has happened for so many years and we're tired. America, it's time for you to face up to what you have done to African-American people. We are a product of what you have created. We have been racially discriminated against for so many years now. And it has shown in every statistical data you can bring up amongst African-Americans. It even shows in the good that we do. Because our mentalities has been forced to think and create ways to fight the injustices, the prejudice, and the discrimination of what we're dealing with in ways that even our good shows that we have been oppressed. And we come to tell you today that we're tired and we're done. Something else in that film, as George Floyd was fighting for his life, that really captured me was, at one point he called out for his mother. And I'm a son of a single mother that has worked hard for me to be in a position that I'm in today. And I'm very grateful for not only the hard work and the sacrifices that my mother made, but I'm grateful that my mother believed in me enough that she put herself in, on the line every day, even in situations that was unfavorable for her, for, for me to have an opportunity and the opportunity that I have today. And so every good that I do in this earth is a reflection of the hard work that my mother did. So through me, I want my mother's light to shine. Because I know that she did so much for me to be where I'm at. And that is no disrespect to my father because I'm grateful for him as well. Because if it wasn't for his stories, I wouldn't have had a lot of information that I have today to keep me not only motivated and inspired, but it keeps my eyes open and it keeps me motivated to help other people to grow in life. And so I'm grateful for both of my parents. But I knew as a single mother, my mother went through a ton of things for me to be where I'm at. 
and even having a podcast. It started with my mother believing in me at 11 years old and telling me that she believed the best route for me was television production. And so as I hear to, as I'm here today as a podcaster, it is because she looked at me and said that I had the skill set and I had the know-how and I had the belief system and I had the voice and I had the power and the leadership that the world should hear me on an everyday basis. And I'm using this platform today to share with you that we're tired as black Americans dealing with the injustices that we have dealt with in this country for over 400 years. We're tired. I'm tired. And I hope that you're tired. And I come to share with you that the rioting and looting, it is terrible. It is out of hand. It is something that I do not, I do not advise for anybody to do. But I want to share with you something about Minneapolis that have not been pointed out by a lot of media outlets, a lot of leaders in our country. It's that African-Americans isn't the only people. In fact, it appears as if African-Americans is not the majority that's out there rioting and looting. But I want to say that African-Americans would get blamed for all the rioting and looting because an African-American man was killed. And it's easier to blame the victims of so much oppression. And therefore, all the blame is falling back on our shoulders, even though there's video evidence showing that we are not the only ones inciting the violence, looting the stores, burning the buildings, jamming up city streets and highways. And so I'm telling you today is that the same way that George Floyd died with this cop's knee in his neck as he begged for his life is a representation or an image that represent what America has done to black America. It has cut off our windpipe for us breathing properly and flowing in this country and, and, and living the life that we thought the Constitution promised everybody. We do not have freedom in America. We do not have liberty in America. We do not have the pursuit of happiness in America. We have torn up boots that barely have string left, that barely have a sole left, and we're told to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And it's becoming played out that America still has excuses when they have blatantly discriminated against a group of people once again in this country and sadly we're not the only group of people they have discriminated against and so I come to tell you that America has chosen once again to not take its knee off of our neck and this time we chose a different route and we chose to fight back and they don't like that we're fighting back to take their knee off of our neck because they feel like they have an entitlement to having their knee on our neck because they feel like they brought us over here and they gave us a better opportunity than what we had before Jamestown, Virginia, 1619 in Africa. They feel as if they helped us to become better people. 
they feel as if calling us and recognizing us as two-thirds of a human it's better than what we was in Africa it's better than what we thought we had and I come to tell you those are all lies to keep us oppressed and we're tired and we're not going to be oppressed no more America has to admit that it has done injustices and the more that America denies that it has done injustices the more frustration and anger that's gonna incite more violence and like I said I do not agree with the violence but I understand why it's happening and all I'm asking you to do is take a different stance than what you have taken when it come down to the injustices in this world. And I'm asking you to look at this from a different perspective. I'm asking you to change your mind about a group of people. I'm asking you to start stepping out and being a leader of change and not sitting back in your comfort because it does not have nothing to do with you. I'm asking you to be different than the other people that has been in this country. I'm asking you to help renew the image of what America has looked like for so many years. I'm asking you to be a part of change. But I am telling you, if you choose to not be a part of change, you are the problem. Because we know that this is not a fight that's just for the oppressed people to get themselves out of. This is a fight that if you're seeing America continue to put its knee in our neck, this is a fight for you to push off America and say this is not what we're going to do. This is not America. This is not the American way to do things. Many people have seen this over years and years, and they have benefited from it. And because they benefit from it, they feel like they should not force America to take its knee off of them, off of black Americans because they benefit from it. And they are scared that they're going to live in a reality that one day they're not going to exist because they feel like if America takes its knee off of black people, it's going to put them as the oppressed. But I've come to tell you that that's not what it is. Yes, you may have to compete a little bit more. Yes, you may be challenged a little bit more to be a little bit better. But isn't that what we're all chasing after to be better? So why are you scared of a little bit more competition? Because you truly know that if you had to face up, you feel there's an insecurity within yourself that you wouldn't elevate to the level of expression with your talents, your gifts, to compete for what it is that you want in society. So therefore, you turn your eye to America impressing their knee on the necks of African Americans because you don't want to fight for a little bit more of what you already have. But like I said, you are the problem. When this cop kept his knee, and he looked over at that crowd of people that was fighting for him to take his knee off of George Floyd's neck, and he looked at them with no remorse in his eyes. It reminded me of what America has done to black people. And that is scary because that means we still have people in our society that believes this is the best way for America to operate. And to add to the pressure that was on black America's necks for so long, our current leader believes that if people continue to loot, that the very people that put us in position to loot and riot as we speak 
should incite more violence to stop people from looting and rioting as if that's going to change that's going to escalate the problem and i'm saddened to know that we're following a leadership in this country that still believes in the old tactics that hasn't worked over 400 years that continue to oppress discriminate and racially ingest so many people and so i'm asking you I'm asking you to to stand up and fight with us. I'm asking you to learn the stories of people. I'm asking you to help come up with solutions. I'm asking you to come stand on the front line and fight with black America as we oppress. I'm asking you to be different. But right now, I'm asking you to change your perspective on black America because we're not what you think we are. And I have another message as well that I wanted to put in here to everybody that's telling us that what police brutality is. It's not as relevant as black on black crime. I come to tell you that there's no such thing as black on black crime. And I'm not talking about that black people have killed black people. What I'm telling you is that that is a term that has been used by the media to put more focus on what's happening in black communities to distract us from what's really happening. I come to tell you that there is no such thing as black on black crime, and you may think that's false, but there's no other race that has been told that their crime versus their own selves is a problem. And there is statistical data that would show white America has higher amounts of violence against itself than black America and Hispanic America combined. And I come to tell you that black on black crime does not exist. It is actually a term that has been coined to shift the focus on what's truly happening in America. And if you don't believe so, then let's start saying white on white crime Let's start Spanish on Spanish crime, Asian on Asian crime, Chinese on Chinese crime. Let's start saying Native Americans on Native American crime because you have not heard none of those coin, none of those, those sayings coined in this world. And so I'm telling you, black on black crime is not the issue. It's not an issue. It's what people using as a way to have excuses to justify what America has done to black Americans. Another thing I want to say, stop trying to tell us how we should be responding to being oppressed. We are not listening to the oppressors to tell us how we should be responding to being oppressed. It is not your position to tell us how we should respond. And like I said before, I do not agree with rioting and looting, but I understand why it's happening. It is a daunting expression of what has taken place for so long. It is tiresome. It is anxiety that you see. It is depression that you see. It is constant panic attacks that you see. It is frustration. It is anger that you see. Stop paying attention that a target got looted. It was one target in the entire country where there's thousands 
It was one Aldi's. It was one Walmart. It was one AutoZone. It was one and one community. Stop making excuses and not facing the true reality of America right now. We're tired of that as well. It's time for America to face what it has done. It's time for America to be punished for keeping his knee on the necks of African Americans for so long. And if you don't agree that America should take his knee off of us, you are the problem. Another thing, we're tired of people expecting for us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps when America failed to give us bootstraps. We was barefooted for a long time and we're barefooted now. We just decided that this time we're going to create our own boots and we're not looking for the government to supply us with anything. We're looking for them to just admit to their problems. And so I'm asking you to stop expecting for us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps because we don't have boots. And if it's any boots that America would give us, it would be, they would give us hand-me-down boots because that's all they did. They hand us down excuses after excuse after excuse. We're tired. We're frustrated. This has been the worst experience possible watching this guy die on a city street when the only thing he died for was forgery or a fake $20 bill, whichever one it was that they said, because we've heard two different stories. That is not enough for a man to die. We've died unjustly in this country for too long. We tried peaceful protesting with several people and it have not worked. When Colin Kaepernick got on one knee, he got on one knee to protest against police brutality. And you told Colin Kaepernick, you told other NFL players that the national anthem is more important than a black life. Because you told us that we was disrespecting American troops because he chose to protest during the national anthem. But I want to bring you back to a starting fact. NFL players did not always come out and stand with the national anthem. The military, our government paid the NFL players to be out there to create patriotism. And when we violated that contract, that's when it became a problem. And to break matters, to make matters even worse, a soldier of an American, a soldier of America told Colin Kaepernick that it would be better for him to kneel down on one knee to show respect to the country at the same time bring, in, bring attention to racial injustice and police brutality. And on top of that soldier was a white American. And Colin Kaepernick was blackballed from the NFL. 
So don't tell us that we should protest peacefully when we've tried and you still did not agree. When Dr. Martin Luther King walked the streets with hundreds and thousands of people, they was met with tear gas, rubber bullets, water hoses, dogs, and jail. They was met with, some people was met with gunshots, and they was met with batons, they was beat up, and they was damaged really bad. Some people died. And it started with peaceful protesting. And I come to tell you that America does not want to accept peaceful anything because America does not want to take its knee, its knee off of the necks of black America because it benefits from their knee being on the necks of black America. And they don't want to give up their privilege. And so don't tell us that we can't fight for them to give up that privilege. I'm pissed off. Because when I walk out my door every day, I don't know if it's my last time walking out. I don't know if it's my last time seeing my daughter. I don't know if it's my last time seeing my mother. I don't know if it's my last time seeing my wife. I don't know if it's my last time seeing my family, my friends, and other people that I love. I don't know that. And it's sad because I'm not confident in knowing that I can return home every day. Because we're seeing people like Amy Cooper call the police all because somebody asked her a question that she didn't agree with. And she made a false report because she wanted to see happen to Chris Cooper, what happened to George Floyd. Because it's more soothing that she can use her privilege to get an African-American man racially profiled and ingest in this country than it is for her to corroborate and ask him what was it about the situation that was so bothersome. It would have been easier for her to just ask a question, a different question that could have not only ignited a different conversation, but it, ha it could have been done peacefully. We live in America where Ahmaud Arbery was accused of stealing because he walked in an abandoned house. Well, not abandoned house, take the back, a house that was being newly built. And to have facts come out that a police officer was the one that told an ex-police officer, a former police officer, a former police chief, and his son, that the next time they seen this guy walk in this house, that they should follow him and they should approach him and they approached him and because Ahmaud Arbery felt threatened he fought to take the gun away he was killed for that when there's videotape that shows that there was other people that of different races that walked inside of that same house the same way Ahmaud Arbery did and there was nothing done to them that's because the perspective that's on black America is that we are criminals and we are wrong in everything that we do. And America has to change that perspective of us because that is not true. And it has never been true. It's the picture that they painted of us. Brianna Taylor was in her house sleeping with her family and the police got the wrong address and they opened fire from outside in the dark and they killed her. They riddled her home in bullets. And there have not been a single arrest to any cop 
And to make matters worse, her boyfriend did what the NRA feels entitled to do. And that's protect themselves. He grabbed his gun because he didn't know that it was police. And he shot back and he was arrested and jailed for doing what he had the right to do. And that was protecting himself and his family. And you're telling me that he deserved to be jailed all because he shot back at police when he didn't know when they had the wrong address. But yet there's so many people that felt like he was wrong. And those same people does not feel like it was wrong for the police to take Breonna Taylor's life. And I'm here to tell you that you cannot slap the police on the wrist and say it was a mistake and expect for us to forgive them when they have been doing the same mistake repeatedly for years and years to come. I'm telling you, we're tired. And we're not taking anymore. It's time for America to change its perspective on us. It's time for America to take a different position. It's time for you to stand up and fight the racial injustice, the prejudice, the discrimination that has been taken on, taken on, taken, that has been happening so much in America. It's time for America to change its perspective on black America. We've tried everything that we possibly could try. And you telling me that now because there's a little bit of root, rioting and looting, that this is the only thing that gets you mad enough to address what's happening? If that's so, we should have probably went to this a long time ago in the same fashion that we went to it in order for us to get changed. And that's sad to say because I don't believe in rioting and looting. America, we are tired. We've been tired. We're fed up. We're pissed off. And we ain't taking no more. The last thing I want to say is that I dealt with police brutality myself. I was going to work one day as I was working as a, as a senior manager for Target. And to make matters worse, I had on my Target uniform with my name displayed on my, on my chest this day. And typically, I never ride with my name tag on me. But this day, I woke up and I felt so inspired to go to work because I had an opportunity to do something that rarely happens. And I was running the entire store. There's times that I'm running the store, but I'm not doing everything I was doing this particular day. And so I wanted to not only show the leadership that I followed, but I wanted to, make, I wanted to set a positive example of what it looks like to run a store when you have that many responsibilities and I wanted to do it efficiently and I wanted to lead my team in the correct way. And I believed in myself that day that I woke up so inspired to be to work. And I was pulled over as I was going to work because I was told that I was speeding 25 miles in the school zone and I wasn't, I knew I wasn't. And when I got pulled over, I was pulled over to the side of a road where there was barely people because school was out at this day. And so the school that I, the school that I got pulled over on the side of the road, it was a dead end there was nobody around. And there was two white officers that approached the car. And I didn't have an issue with them being white until they didn't just take my license and registration. The cop told me in my face that I was a threat to him because my car was black on black and he couldn't see in it. 
because he already profiled me and thought that I carried a weapon and that I was a violent person all because of the color of my skin because of the uh, because of how I looked and so this cop insisted that I get out of my car and he kept continuing to shine his flashlight in my car and to make matters worse I was so scared to reach over to my glove department to pull out my registration because I thought that I could potentially be like Philanto Castile who recently had just got murdered the same way that I did that I would have gotten murdered And so I'm telling you that I was frustrated with this incident. I was angry with this incident. Because after I gave him my license and registration, I was expecting to just get a speeding ticket and leave. But this cop insisted that I got out of my car. And I told him he was not searching my car because it wasn't his right to search my car. Because his reasoning to search my car was out of prejudice. And therefore, I did wind up getting out of my car. But I closed my door and I kept my windows up and I locked them. And I sat on the back of my car because this cop wanted me to sit on the floor. And I told him I was not sitting on the floor because if I got my uniform dirty, I knew that a customer would have complained again to Target's corporate office that my uniform was dirty because I got a call from corporate one day saying that they got customer complaints, that I was the manager on duty and my uniform was dirty, but they failed to realize that they were speaking to the manager that only ran the warehouse, but I'm the type of leader that I work with my team. And so I was dirty that day because I sweated with my team because I lead by example. And I, I refused to sit on the ground when this officer told me to sit on the ground because I didn't want to get my uniform dirty because I didn't want to get another complaint on me because I didn't want to be fired for something that was so petty. And so when I got out the car and I sat on the back of my car, this officer was a lieutenant and he was training a new officer. And this new officer was about five foot two, 130 pounds, soaking wet. And this officer stood back in a position with his legs spreaded and his hand on his gun, ready to shoot me at any time. His hand wasn't on a baton. His hand wasn't on a taser. His hand wasn't on his handcuffs. His hand was on his gun. He felt justified to shoot me because they felt already that I was a threat to them. And I've dealt with this more than once. My education does not show on my skin. The good I do do not show on my skin. The loving heart that I have for people do not show on my skin. The great things that I desire to do in this world does not show on my skin. The white people that I've loved in this world does not show on my skin. And the sad part about it is that the only thing this cop had to do was ask a different question. 
And I'm asking you to ask a different question of yourself. Ask yourself, what can you do to help bring change to a country, to a city, to an area, to an injustice, to a situation or event that has oppressed people? I'm asking you to be different. We're tired. This is the time for change, and we're going to get change now. And I'm also asking you to connect with somebody that's different than you and learn their story. Learn what they've been through. Hear their emotions. Hear their outcry. And I'm asking you to connect with them to make sure that change happens. We're not asking you to solve all our problems. We're asking you to listen. We're asking you to learn. And both of those things are free. It only takes effort. And we all have the opportunity to listen and learn in this season so we can move forward as a nation and a world. If you desire to connect with me, please connect with me through social media at Travis K. Corley on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook as well as Travis K. Corley, LinkedIn. You can email me at Travis K. Corley at gmail.com or you can email the Gaining Control Podcast at gmail.com. Please connect because this is the time for change and I'm willing to connect with you and I hope you're willing to connect with me as well. America, we're tired and we ain't taking no more. It's time for you to confess up to the injustices, to the biases, to the discrimination that you have caused. It's time for you to take your knee off of our neck because we ain't asking you to breathe no more. We're going to ensure that we breathe. And we're going to ensure that we breathe for the rest of our lives. We're going to ensure that black America breathes for as long as earth is here. And if you don't think so, watch us. It has been too long. But it's not too late for us to make change. This is the season to change the perspective on black America. Because if you don't like it or not, we will leave. You to look at us as we make change and we will live our best life.
to receive updates and additional content from the Gain and Control Podcast, connect with us at Gain and Control Podcast at gmail.com and connect with me personally at Travis K. Corley on all social media sites. Lastly, we want to hear from you. Share with us your personal story. Please email us at gainingcontrolstories at gmail.com.